I Am South African was born to tell South Africa stories of everyday heroes doing extraordinary things in these really extraordinary times. We've been through exceptional times as a country and in the last 26 years of democracy, we've seen a nation that no matter its challenges, knows how to rise above and help each other, even when the negatives are stacked against us. COVID-19 is no exception and has created yet another crisis as we join the world in fighting this global pandemic. I am here to tell South Africa stories, the stories of heroism, patriotism, finding the saviours among us and spotlighting those who don't wait for permission to make a change for good. Welcome to the Happiness Agenda with me, Yuveka. Every week, I'll be bringing you a story that has warmed my heart and made an impact on South Africa. Well, my guest today certainly needs no introduction. In fact, I should have let her just introduce herself because no one can do it better than she can. But but let me just throw in some accolades here already. She is somebody who completed a BA, honors, mind you, honors in theater with majors in musical theater and playwriting. And that was from the, the, the Brunel University in London. And in 2013, she went to the New York Film Academy there, she obtained a diploma in musical theatre, as well as Columbia University for a diploma in TV writing. Well, she is a girl who gets around, and I'm so glad that she decided to come back to Joburg. But here's the kicker. I don't know whether to introduce her as somebody who likes to act like she's a sheltered and privileged white person, or somebody who's actually an out-of-touch black person. Lesejo, my friend, otherwise known as Coconut Cows. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am well, thank you. And thank you so much for making the time all the better because we all need some cheering up um, definitely around this time. So let's talk about your journey to becoming Coconut Cows. Who was Lesejo? How did she become Coconut Cows? Where did she find Coconut Cows? Um, she found Coconut Cows at school. So basically, I think Coconut Cows is um, an amalgamation of a lot of people I went to school with, um, especially obviously the white girls. Um, yeah, so it was kind of a very out of touch, privileged upbringing and schooling environment where, you know, there were literally like three three black girls in the grade. Um, mm. So I went to schools in those kinds of environments. And I think just the conversations I overheard, the conversations I was even part of, um, and then, you know, seeing that it doesn't really change when you get older kind of led me to this position where I was like, I think I need to address these types of things because we are the supposed rainbow nation generation. But actually what has really changed um, in terms of how people think and what, they, what they're passionate about, what they don't care about, um, and the issues that affect us as a, as a multiracial society, um, especially because like, yeah, we're the first big group of black people to be able to go to the schools that we went to um, obviously a little bit older than me, but but still, we were, you know, the test, mm, the test. Mm. And I just thought, you know, people just were having conversations that I didn't understand why they were having those types of conversations and having those feelings. So I decided to kind of articulate myself on Facebook, but the way I was doing it wasn't really translating to people that I wanted it to translate to. So I was still coming across as, you know, the angry black girl. And I was being told that, you know, if you can just change the way you say it, maybe we'll listen or maybe we'll be more receptive. So yeah, I just changed the way I said it. I didn't really expect it to be a public thing. It was more just to get the conversations going within 
the girls I went to school with um, and, and, you know, getting them to care about race issues and, and issues of privilege and conversations. But, you know, the popularity from my friends and them sharing it and literally growing and becoming what it is today. So you found using humor was much better than using your anger. Yeah, I mean, I've always grown up on satire anyway. So I, I used to watch Mind Your Language with my dad when I was young. Ah, I remember that, yes. Yeah. So and Saturday Night Live, I've been a fan of since I was born pretty much. So I've always mm. also um, engaged with satirical content and been really interested in how, you know, and because I also am super goofy, but I'm also really serious. <laughs> so, Merging the two together was just really, really natural for me because I am the kind of person who makes jokes in inappropriate moments and, mm, you know, mm. darkness um, to, to make humor. So, yeah, it was just the perfect fit and it happened very naturally. I didn't necessarily try. It was just that's the kind of person I am. So would you say Coconut Kells is not so much your alter ego but an extension of you? No, <laughs> no. Coconut so what is she? Who is she? an alter ego and not even an alter ego. She's just, she's like a typical Karen. I don't know if I've ever been Kels, but maybe in my sort of earlier school years when I was still confused about my identity and like loving myself as a black person um, and still wanting to, to assimilate into the culture of the school, look like my friends, you know, um, I think at some point earlier on I was Kels, but yeah, definitely right now she's an, an alter ego or you know a different just a completely different person because we don't agree on anything <laughs> you don't agree on anything well a bit, a bit schizo there right do you feel a bit schizo at some point i mean not really it's just i'm, I'm an actress as well i mean that's what i did for my degree mm. so it just feels like playing a character it's not really like i don't see her as anything to do with who i am or how i think it's more observing how people talk and and you know especially on platforms like 702 where I maybe get a lot I hear a lot of white callers um mm. the a pages so I'm an observer and then I and then an actor all right so no one is safe so I have to ask you this now do you have any friends left <laughs> I do have lots of friends left <laughs> um of all colors and creeds. Uh, yeah I mean maybe not so many white friends to be honest but that was <laughs> yeah. a natural progression from high school anyway it's not really because of Kels um, if anything, Kels has helped me make some white friends back. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I think naturally as you get older, sometimes you tend to find your group looks a little bit more like you in mm. terms of race. And that's also something I explored, especially in my book, um, where I wanted to speak about why we go to these schools, have such multiracial groups of friends, and then somewhere in varsity, we just completely lose it. And then there's the black group, the Indian group, the white group. And if it's because of our interests, if it's because of these issues where when you become older, you become more aware of racism, of, you know, the differences and why. So, yeah, that's something that I, that I also explore because I did have a lot of white friends in high school. But I think me being really passionate about speaking about race mm. has alienated me somewhat because I'm not going to let people get away with saying things that are kind of off color, whether that's yeah. homophobic or race or, you know, um, sort of classism. I try to tackle a lot of things. So I'm friends with people who I would consider to be woke and who are who get, you know, that it's important to speak about these types of issues and be educated about these types of issues. But well, I, I'm we, glad you we, we don't just speak about like politics all day. I'm friends with extremely funny people as well. 
Well, I'm glad. I would I would hope so. And I'm really glad that that you spoke about Indian people, right? Because I hear you talk about white people. I hear you talk about black people. Now, I'd love to know Kelsa's thoughts on Indian people. And should I should I be afraid here before I actually let you answer that question? Well, I'm gonna answer as Lasaha first and then as Kel. So <laughs> okay. the schools that we went to and where I was surrounded by, it's very difficult for me to speak like with authority on Indian people because they weren't actually that many. I think there was one Indian girl at my primary school and maybe one at my high school. So I didn't have a lot of interactions where I can, where it's easy for me to pick up on things to to satirize and to generalize on and do the stereotypes while still being non-offensive. So mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, I've done a few interviews with Debbie now and there we've kind of explored, <laughs> you know, the more Indian jokes and things like that where I'm like, okay, maybe I feel a bit safer to do this because, you know, I've had more interactions or more knowledge of what's, of what I can say that's still funny. Because um, I don't want to just go out there and just be racist for racist sake. The whole point is to satirize something, is to have, you know, make it a conversation yeah. from what I say. Um, well, if you need to hide, you can always come stay with me. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> do go on, do go on. Um, well, as Cal's personally, I just, you know, I don't have any interactions with um, any Indian people except my grocer. She's really, really sweet. And she actually looks a bit like you, Yveka. So I'm not really oh. sure if you are my sister. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, but I'm really excited because this year I'm going to Diwali. I don't know if that's a place or a, or a party, but like I said to Debbie, I was going to go to Diwali, so I'm going to go. Um, I just need to get my plane tickets because I think it might be a place in India. <laughs> now, you see, if you said that you thought I was your samosa auntie, I'd say yes. Not so much a grocer, okay. <laughs> Or, or the auntie who does pies and samosas, yeah. <laughs> drive through samosas, yes, of course. So, so, you know, I would like your thoughts because, I mean, we've all come through this time, you know, it, it's been such a, a dampener, it's been a depressing time for us, for the whole world. Uh, us here in South Africa, I mean, you know, it, 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 it's really been an eye-opener in many ways. There have been some silver linings as well when it comes to uh, COVID and the lockdown. How did, how did you cope? How did you keep your, your sense of humor and your, and, and your spirits up in that time? Um, I mean, I don't think I kept it up the entire time. I definitely had, like, COVID depression, if you will, in the beginning because I'm very social um, and a lot of my work was also being cancelled left, right and centre whilst people were still mm. trying to figure out how comedians can still work in, in when you can't have a crowd or an audience. So, yeah, in the beginning it was definitely very tough for me. Um, but then things really, like I think a month in, everything started picking up again. People were realising that we're not going to leave this anytime soon. So we need to still be able to create content and make work for people um, even from home. So I started getting Zoom gigs and you know making people laugh at their zoom conferences and um you know working with brands and doing ads and content like that on my instagram page so that kind of thing me being busy being and working and and making people laugh in itself makes me happy so that's pretty much how i've been dealing with this keeping super busy i've been really really lucky that people are quite interested in my brand and want to mm -hmm. work with me um but yeah, i've actually been busier in lockdown than i was you know the six months before yeah, I mean, because you were you were great. I mean, you were the entertainment everybody needed. You helped a lot of people just keep their spirits up as well. I mean, how does that make you feel? Well, it's um, I think it's always been my unofficial job, even in my family. Like, I'm the class clown, the family clown. So I've always taken it upon myself, you know, even if I'm not feeling that great, to make people laugh. Um, but obviously, because of 
the response is it makes me feel super happy and I'm it's something that I, you know I've always used as my own medicine um, and I'm really glad that it does the same thing for other people so it's yeah it's a great feeling it's it's nice to get messages from people saying you know I was having a really tough day or a tough week and turned my whole day around um so yeah so even on days when I don't really feel like going sometimes I do it because I'm like yeah someone out there might need this and in turn I might need it Ah, so you get all those messages in between all the death threats, I'm assuming. <laughs> death threats are not that much anymore. People are kind of catching <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, there are still a group of people who don't get it. And for sure, sometimes I react and I respond where I'm like, oh, this is really hurtful and unnecessary. But I think the love is so much more overwhelming than the hate. I've managed to block all the people, I think, by now. So I don't see it much wow. anymore. Um, well, I, I was just joking about the death threats. I didn't realize they were real. Oh, no. After, after the, the ENCA uh, video that I did that went viral, I definitely got death threats. Oh. People, you know, if they see me in the streets, they're going to beat me up. Um, I was getting rape threats. Wow. To correct my my views on race, they'll rape me. So it was, mm. it was very hectic. For a while, I didn't leave home. Um, and I, I already suffer from anxiety. So that was just, you know, like a horrible addition to it all. You suffer from anxiety. I mean, I find that very difficult to believe considering who you are and just, you know, just how great you are and, uh, you know, just, just putting everything out there. Thanks. I mean, I really do. And especially social anxiety already. I have, um, it's quite, it's, I think this has kind of also been my way of treating myself in a way, because there are very many instances where I have to put myself in positions that make me internally scream and extremely uncomfortable, but obviously a job is a job or whatever it is. So yeah, I've had to manage my, my anxiety through this job and I, well, through this career. And it's actually been really helpful. But I mean, I do have moments where I'm literally just want to, don't want to leave the house or, you know, mm. I'm glad I'm wearing masks sometimes because I'm like, I just want to go <laughs> yeah. do something yeah. anonymously and it's great. <laughs> so, well, that's fantastic. So COVID worked out very well for you in the end then, actually, because <laughs> you could go, you could do more than you did otherwise. Kind of. I mean, now we're not, you know, dress trunks and stuff, masks are coming off, but um it's also nice though i mean someone bought me a tequila on saturday for the fact that they like my videos so that the attention isn't negative necessarily i think people who don't like me tend to just stay away um yeah. and those who do are super friendly and super awesome Kells also gives people a sense of you know familiarity like they know her so there isn't much of like a social decorum when people when people do see me or, or do like my work but I mean, it's always very exciting to be greeted with such positivity. So I have, yeah, I have no complaints. <laughs> so you, you said tequila. So I'm giving you a virtual high five because you said the magic word on this, on this podcast. <laughs> Weirdly, the T word, which is tequila. Eh? I like tequila. I like Jägermeister, but I mean, oh know. no, we can't. We we can't be friends then. I'm sorry, we can't be friends. But if Charles drinks tequila, then she and I can be friends. We can I be friends. I drink whatever is in front of me and is already paid for. That's you know. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell everyone that. Don't tell everyone that you bring whatever's in front of you. Okay, so, so I mean, I don't, you, you, you are always busy. You're always working on things all the time. I believe you've got two major campaigns um, that you're busy with. Are you able to tell us about them just a little bit? Um, I sure. I don't know. I don't know if I can mention brand names, but one is for sunscreen, and the other one is for. Okay, I think I can mention DSTV. We shot a really cool campaign that's coming out soon. Um, it's a digital campaign, and then the sunscreen is a TVC, which is a like a TV ad. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm also starting. Um, there's a show that I, I'm hosting on Saturdays. This is the first episode coming this Saturday. It's called Tell It Like It Is. 
Um, and basically, Tell is an organization that works with organ donation um, and trying to, you know, get the word out there for people to register as organ donors um, and just to have more information at hand about Fantastic. what it means. So, yeah, I'm hosting that, which is a medical show, and that's really interesting because I never thought I'd do that. Um, mm, you're finally the doctor that your, your your parents wanted you to be. Exactly, exactly. I just tell them, you know, <laughs> medicine is actually genetic, so in a way I am a doctor already. Uh, fantastic. So what makes you happy? You make so many people happy. You put yourself out there. You put yourself in danger to let people get their giggles. What makes you happy? Um, sure. Like social so being with my friends and family makes me happy um mm -hmm. laughing is extremely important to me so i surround myself with like i said really funny people i mean my mom is probably the funniest person i know uh -huh. um but yeah i like i like social things but i just don't like them too hectic so anything like a, a nice chilling with my friends in a bar or going to a, a farmer's market of sorts um but the thing that makes me the most 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 happiest in this entire world is traveling I mm. love hearing my passport get stamped. I love, you know, the plane. I, the only thing I hate is actual flying, but yeah. I really, really, really love traveling and exploring. I think that is, I will do that until I can't. I like the way you say you love traveling, but I hate flying. That's a big spoke in the wheel there. You, you do realize yeah, that, right? I really hate flying so much. It's, it's, like, it's incredibly scary for me. Again, I think it's the anxiety thing. I don't even like it when other people drive me. I prefer being in the driver's seat. So, you know, just having this metal thing, bird, just going yeah. through the sky is like crazy to me. But it takes me to fantastic places and I will continue flying as long as I can get to, um, you know, exotic locations. So I think you should plan a road trip. I think that's going to be fantastic for you is to try and just drive through wherever you can go. Would that be and ideal for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't get to Italy with the car, so... <laughs> you can get there by boat at some point, okay? You can drive to a trip and then get there by I boat. I don't have a month, <laughs> but I <I'm definitely, laughs> um, Yeah, I will do a road trip soon anyway, now that we're in level two, because I have missed... I just have missed traveling more than anything else. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you some very ARB questions. I, I just want to know, like, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite movie? Just throw those in. What are the things that we don't know about you? My favorite food, I'm a very picky eater. My family is literally over me. I don't eat seafood. I don't eat, oh, I don't eat anything. So my favorite food changes depending on the mood. Sometimes I I love Mexican and sometimes it's Italian. So I think those two cuisines and Greek. Yeah. I should just be Mediterranean, to be honest. I think, yeah, I I think so. And it's amazing. And is there a special someone in your life? You know, um, what, what are your plans for yourself? No, not really. And my plans right now I actually have been fixating on moving to New York. So oh. trying to find, I don't know if that means maybe going to study like my master's, doing something like that to enter the country, or if it's through work. But I'm really looking in the, like my five-year plan is that I will be in America. So okay. Either, and and that someone special is either going to be Mexican, which I think is going to be, if you can get across the wall, if it will be up by then, or Italian or Greek then, I'm assuming. He, he's most likely black, but <laughs> he might be one of those things. I mean, I'm not saying no to anything anymore. Like the world has shown me that my soulmate might be Polish. <laughs> like, Oh dear, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I can only imagine coconut kelts in Polish. Can you just imagine how hilarious that will be? And I feel like people would be very, sh like, they think it's now, okay, Kels is becoming a real person if I did date white, because I've never dated a white person. I've only dated black guys. Can but you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine when he takes you home? Who knows if I downplayed a white person? Oh, there you go. You see, she's actually real. It's not a character. So I don't know. It'd be, it'd be very interesting to fall in love with a, a, a Polish man <laughs> or any white guy. Again, can you imagine your luck? He'd be from like Santon or Houghton or something like that. I struggle. You know, I really struggle. Sometimes in South Africa, I feel like, you know, uh, maybe Caucasians in Europe and, you know, are more worldly and, and there's just less of this immediate history that makes people kind of close minded and stuff. So Sure. If he's South African, I really will be, I will give you a bottle of tequila because I'll be extremely shocked. I'll be keeping tabs on you and I will remind yeah. you. So I want you to, if it's not too much of an ask, um, to to leave us with your favorite coconut kelps, but the thing that you just love talking about. Just give us a little bit, a little bit of something from her. As in like improvised kelps now? Something, something that's your favorite, even if you've done it already. Oh Lord, I don't even know because I improvise everything I do. So improvise, let me, whatever. Let me try. Um, I mean, I think it's actually so much better if you give me a topic and then I can speak about that. Uh, okay, you spoke about wanting to give politicians a makeover. You wanted yes, to, to to yes. So let's go with that one. Okay, cool. So um, first of all, everybody knows that Helen doesn't need a makeover. She's actually perfect as she is. Um, I've modeled my whole face and my hair on her, um, on her pictures when I mean, she was younger. Um, but yeah, she's my inspiration and she definitely doesn't need any, any makeover at all. Um, I think I would give Cyril a little bit of like skin bleaching because like I said, he's very dark and it's kind of scary um, when you see him at night because you can't see him until he smiles. So I would make him a bit lighter um, but I, and I would join him on his walks because he is such a friendly man. You know, I don't like the ANC, um, well, firstly because they're corrupt and stuff, but also because um, the Skibengas. I like parties that have white people in them. Um, but he is one of the good ones. I just think my Cyril... You know, I'm a fan. Um, so if he's listening, which he always does, he always follows my work. He listens to everything I do. So hi, Cyril, just a bit of skin bleaching for you. Um, Julius with the elocution classes. I can't hear a thing that man says. <laughs> <laughs> with such a deep African accent. So I would help him just um, improve a little bit with the with the tone and the, and the pronunciation. Because, gosh, you can't hear him. And he shouts all the time. So I would also tell him to stop shouting so much. Um, yeah, <laughs> Join us again next Friday to find out who's on the happiness agenda. Till then, remember, a little kindness goes a long way. Happy Friday, friends.